Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Uh, This morning, I felt um, really stirred uh, to share about um, God's uh, intimacy with us, and uh, I've been reading through the book of Song of Solomon, and uh, so I'm feeling really uh, romantic this morning. So <laughs> I made Louise breakfast, uh, French toast. So that's a nook was like yuck, you know, but Eliza liked it, so that was good. And uh, the title of my message this morning is about three journeys, and uh, that he. He um, draws us out and that he calls us up and that he leads us in. And uh, these three journeys are seen in the Song of Solomon uh, from what I can see as I read through. And uh, the Song of, Solomon's in, Song of Solomon in uh, three stages. And so I'm going to share about that. It's a relief getting to uh, the Song of Songs when you read through the Old Testament after Ecclesiastes. It's like vanity of vanity, and I tried everything under the sun, all the pleasures of the world, and behold, it was vanity, <laughs> vanity of vanities. And, but isn't it amazing? We, as those that know the Lord Jesus, He is our pleasure. He is our lover, our friendship and fellowship with Him, and our union and communion, the, the romance dance, as you sing in the Song of Songs. The song of songs, not vanity of vanity, but pleasure of pleasures. The pleasures of loving God. And uh, I love it. She starts off as this country chick. Um, the sun has tanned me. You know, I'm dark. And, and he's, oh, you're lovely. You know, let me kiss you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. And by the end, she is like Jerusalem. From a country girl to a city. And so Song of Songs shows the maturity of us as believers and how in this transformational journey, there's many lessons along the way, valuable lessons that the Lord wants to teach us. And so are you enjoying the journey? Are you enjoying today? You'll never get this day again. Christ is here for us to be enjoyed, whatever circumstance you're in. And he wants to reveal himself to you in a certain way related to your life experience at the moment. And so the past is in the past, the future is in the future, but now is now. It's a gift. That is why it is called the present. Are you quoting Kung Fu Panda in church, Ryan? No, I heard it somewhere else as well, okay? So <laughs> let's pray this morning. Oh, Jesus. Oh, your presence is here in this place. Lord, we thank you for your church, your body. Lord, we thank you. We are your, we are your bride. Oh, Lord, you're the greatest lover. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we really uh, come to you this morning as we are, and uh, we thank you, Lord, that you're doing deep things in us today, and uh, we really are excited about the impartation that's going to come out of this message, and uh, also the impartation that's going to come out of the coffee machine after church, so thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. Well, uh, I love um, the journey of uh, love and uh, Louise. My uh, first girlfriend, when I went on my first date with her, I actually uh, invited her to the orchard. Um, she thought she, I was just showing her around, you know. Is that what you do to all your friends? 
take them around the orchard, eat some plums and some apples and eat some pears, you know. Uh, but it was, it was a date. I was, I was trying to show her that and be romantic and introducing her to my uncles and stuff and, uh, who were asking her questions, giving her, the, you know, the third degree. <laughs> Not the third degree, wrong, wrong what's, what am I, I don't know. Uh, when I forget the phrase, what is it? Anyway, yeah, they were questioning her because she's a New Zealander, right? So we've got to suss them out. And uh, these Kiwi people. And uh, took her home. Um, and uh, um, I was playing guitar a lot at that time. And so serenading her. And uh, then my mum walks past and goes, holding up my um, dirty laundry and goes, do you want these underwear washed, Ryan? It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Yeah, thanks, mum. And I was like, what's going on? Like... Why is she doing that? Later I found out she was testing the relationship to see if Louise would still love me, you know. Um, but, yeah, many good times in, with Louise. Going to the next level. And, you know, that time of uh, dating, courtship, is a really exciting time. And then, you know, engagement, you go to the next level of romance and your appreciation for the person grows, well, it should. And that's just a, an arranged marriage. In that case, you just have to, you know, go through with it. But, um... Yeah, I, I, I set up this uh, amazing colourful string through the orchard and she had to follow it to the ring. But uh, I had to go and set it up. And so I took her to my grandma's house and uh, she was in there. And um, uh, there were heaps of dogs outside. I was really worried that the dogs would run off with my string and ruin everything. But it was random, I know. But my grandma, she knows, knew me really, really well. And I think she knew I was up to. So she's like, oh, Louise, you're nice too. She's trying to, like, buy time. Can you change the light bulb? You know, so Louise is doing that, and thanks, Grandma. Yeah. Better, better, you know, help, more helpful than my mum was in that case. But, uh, yeah, then that engagement time, a real time of um, getting to know one another, talking through things about the future. And you see this in um, uh, Song of Solomon. You see these jour- this journeying together and the enjoyment of the journey. And uh, I'm going to share... Uh, about that right now. And so if you'd like to open up with me to chapter 1. Oops. So this first journey out of the three I want to share with you is the journey of being drawing, drawn away, coming out. And so you see in our verse 2, chapter 1, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine, because of the fragrance of your good ointments. Your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. Isn't this typical of uh, the experience of a new believer? And all these three journeys do overlap. But at first, in this time, we've been called out. We're drawn out. It's like we're going out with Jesus and we realize how much he loves us. And this is the lesson that he wants us to lay hold of. We become occupied with his love. His love's like wine. His banner over us is love. And we're so um, enjoying that time with him. And, uh, you know, he, he talks about her, you know, being like a filly, um, this strong horse. And a new believer, you see them, and you know, the Ferrari anointing like, nah, nah. you know, they're just going for it. And that, that chariot, um, the Egyptian chariot, there's a little bit of the world in there, but that'll, that'll go away. But the Lord always focuses on 
and emphasizes the righteousness of who he is in us, that he's given to us as a gift. And he only sees that. So when she says, I am dark, he says, no, you're lovely. Oh, you're fair. And he loves that. And the focus and the emphasis is always on that as the believer. And so this coming out, coming out into love with him, and we realize that. And as we're enjoying, we, we can often fall into the trap of feeling that actually maybe I have to do some of this walk with him, this journey with him by myself. And so we can fall into the trap of being introspection, having be preoccupied with introspection rather than his love, sort of thinking about ourselves. Am I doing okay? Am I, how do I compare with this believer? Um, but the Lord has us all on a personal journey. And so I really want to capture this in the journey of being uh, called up. So the Lord does call us up out of that experience. Notice that in chapter 2, we see in verse 8, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Verse 9, chapter 2, my beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. So there's a wall here. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. So the Lord's likened to this stag. He's keen. He wants to enjoy life and us to reach our full potential and get the most out of life. And he's looking in. But we've got this wall up. We've got this self-protection, self-preservation. And sometimes even we can become um, impressed even with our own abilities. But there's a lesson that the Lord wants to teach her in this, the beloved. He wants to teach her, teach her that I want you to come out to be with me. I don't want there to be a separation in our relationship. I want such um, togetherness. And so he calls us out. Call, call the, uh, the, the beloved is called out. And we're going to see that in a moment. I just want to pause there. Just a really brief Bible lesson. Um, when it comes to interpreting the Bible and the Old Testament with pictures and symbolism, like we see in the Song of Solomon, we can look at the consistencies through the Bible to see what they mean. Because the Lord um, uh, has types and shadows and examples in the Old Testament. And in every book of the Old Testament, if we see Christ in those shadows, types and examples, then the Old Testament will become as um, uh, edifying to us as the New Testament because we're seeing Christ in the Old Testament. Isn't that awesome? So the New Testament is in the Old Testament um, uh, concealed. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. So there we go. So there's this wall here, this separation that, uh, by the Lord's um, calling up that he's going to deal with here. So here comes. He sees her as a dove in verse 14. Um, and notice before there, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove. So he's seeing her as one that um, has the nature of the Holy Spirit within her, that, that is spiritual. She is one that is spiritual, and she is one that is in the clefts of the rock. Who's the rock? Christ. Christ, in the secret places of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So it's this picture of her spiritually dwelling in Christ the rock. And know that old hymn, uh, uh, 
cleft for me, um, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You know that? This song about, this hymn about the victory of the cross. There she is as a dove, spiritually dwelling in the rock, sitting there resting in a place of victory that has been accomplished at Calvary. And so she, having been dealt with by the cross, now no longer is bound by that introspection, but is one with the cross. And because she's been dealt with by that, she now has the victory of the cross, realized in the power of resurrection as she rests and abides and stays spiritually like a dove in Christ. Come on, can I hear an amen? Praise God. She has been delivered from herself and that, my friends, is the power of the cross. And oh, how liberating when one, the believer on their journey, enjoys Christ in such a way that the excellency of God is not in me, but I have His righteousness dwelling in me, that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. For to live is Christ and to die is gain. Ha, come on, here we are, guys. And so she's called up. She's called up. She's led up. She's been drawn out in chapter one. She's the filly and now she's been led up like a dove. And the Lord says, hey, I want to take you even higher spiritually if you're willing to be transformed. And so he calls her up from Lebanon. And I want to show you this place, Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon. It's a place where... um, uh, there's great heights and mountains. And in chapter 4, we see this. And uh, verse 7 of chapter 4, You are all fair, my love, and there's no spot in you. Come on, this is how he sees us under grace. Ha! Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. She's now at a place of transformation where this is hitting home. She is married to him. Come on. With me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Ammana, from the top of Sinir and Hermon. Remember, Jesus was transfigured on Hermon, this place of transfiguration, transformation. From the lion's den, from the mountains of the leopards. This is higher than the places that the evil one occupies. Higher. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. As she experiences this love that he has for her, she's lifted up higher. With one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace, how fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love. You know, Brian Simmons in his translation uh, puts equal there. And uh, when he translated this, uh, the publisher said, you can't do that. You can't say that she's equal with God. And he goes, I didn't say that. He did. (laughs) She realizes that she is so one with him, so um, together with him, that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We're co-heirs with him. And this is even seen in uh, the analogies shown in the um, uh, previous to that, what I've just read, where Uh, She is likened to a pillar of smoke that's perfumed with fragrance. says of uh, myrrh and frankincense. There's just such transparency and spirituality that she has. And then it goes on to say that she's like a couch for Solomon. 
And there's purple there. There's royalty there. And, and, and that couch for Solomon, that unity, the couch and the king. And then it talks about her being like a, uh, get this word, palaquin, uh, that, uh, which is a war, um, uh, a war uh, um, yeah, carrier, transportation for the king with soldiers there. Um, the the, uh, the um, Rolls-Royce anointing there. You know, she's got that. And, uh, and then we see land here that, that she is the spouse, the spouse. Um, and so we are co-heirs. Everything of Christ we have, everything that's true of Jesus is true of us. You know, he didn't just come to take our place. He came so that we could have his place with the Father, you know. God became man so that man could become God, but not in the Godhead, but in life and nature. As Peter says in 2 Peter, we are partakers of his divine nature, having received everything pertaining to life and godliness. And that quote before, I didn't say a church father did. So it's safe, my friends. We're in a former Baptist church. Just got to be clear. This isn't heresy. (laughs) So this upward journey, she's taken up um, higher. She learns a lesson about the fact that she's a new creation. Ha! So we've learned a lesson of being occupied with the Lord's love, being coming out to be with Him. We've learned a lesson about being dealt with the cross, another lesson, and, and being delivered from introspection. Now another lesson is we learn the power of being lifted up to be coerced with Him, is, uh, joined with Him, one with Him. Um, and to be a new creation in an ascended place. Come on. Ascension. And this gives our lives so much perspective. We feel ourselves being spiritually lifted up to a place we already are, you know, where we get perspective about the situations around us in life. Come on. All right. So the last journey I want to share this morning is about the inward journey. You know, there comes a time for... um, for the Shumalite, this girl, she's uh, in her bed and she, um, she's like, oh, this is so comfortable. This place that I've come to now in my relationship with the beloved. And uh, she's like, my heart is awake. Well, she does say that. Uh, it is the voice of my beloved. He knocks saying, open for me, my sister, my, my love, you know, open up more of you. My dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. And she says, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I defile them? And then in verse 4 of chapter 5, My beloved put his hand by the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. I arose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leapt up when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. So here we see uh, not only are we drawn out and uh, we're called up, but he leads us in. He wants to come in. He was coming, he was coming to open the door, to, to see her, to meet with her, to take her even further into the journey of transformation, into enjoyment. There's a picture of suffering there, myrrh means suffering, that even in a suffering situation, that he would 
encounter her and be with her and experience, they would experience something rich together um, and, and wonderful in, in, their, uh, in their journey. Um, but she's like, oh, but I, I feel content here. I think I know what to do. I, I'm, I'm satisfied here. And, but then she thinks, oh, I, I better go anyway. And she opens and he's gone. So how does she find him? What does she do? Well, previous to that, uh, he said to her that my beloved is a garden enclosed, a, a fountain shut up. And so she realizes, okay, there's something internal here. There's something, an internal reality that is inside of me that he wants to come in and enjoy this garden, this place of pleasure, place of fellowship and friendship. And so what she does is like, I know how to find him. I know what I'll do. And this is something every believer has to do when they're trying to discern between their soul and their spirit and and what's real. And they're wandering around and they're wandering around in their ideas and their opinions. But what's real? What's reality? What's truth? What's in your spirit? And so how do you discern between soul and spirit? Well, what she does, she starts to speak about him. She starts to preach herself happy. She starts to talk about him. And she talks about Jesus, and this is uh, who he is, and I love it so much. I was reading this the other day. Uh, Verse 10 of chapter 5, My beloved is white and ruddy, chief among ten thousands. His head is like the finest gold. His locks are wavy and black as raven. My my, Sorry, his eyes like doves by the rivers of waters, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are like a bed of spices, banks of scented herbs. His lips are lilies dripping liquid myrrh. His hands are rods of gold set with bell. His body is carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of fine gold. His countenance is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars, sorry, cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And then they're like, the daughters of Jerusalem are like, whoa, you know, he is an amazing beloved. Because before they were, they, um, I believe they were saying, you know, uh, what's your beloved to any other beloved? But once they hear about him, they're like, whoa, we want to know this beloved too. We want to uh, um, uh, see him. And then she realizes, my beloved has gone to his garden, verse 2 of chapter 6. She realized that he is inside of her. She realizes that uh, Christ is in the Spirit and that the Spirit is where they can meet and enjoy any situation and that she wanted to fellowship with him in the garden of her heart. And so in this place of transformation, when we learn to do this in life, we might be struggling with a really hard situation. Like, how am I going to get through this? You know, I remember when um, uh, I had to do some assessment for the Certificate 4 that we are doing here. Like, this is going to be really tough. It was at the end of the year. But I, and I, I wanted to get up and, um, uh, you know, I'm a long distance runner, so I like pushing myself, get up in the morning at 3 a.m., come here, turn on the coffee machine. And instead of just sleeping and say, I'll just do a sort of, easy effort style of 
um, assessment and I wanted to do it like well. I wanted to do it with him. And so I got up early rather than sleeping in and I came here and I'd experienced Christ in the early hours of the morning. I'd get on the piano and worship Jesus and I'd enter into that spiritual place with him in the garden. And then as I read the students' assignments, it became like um, a devotion to me. I got so blessed. We've got some amazing uh, theologians in this place, I tell you what. And uh, I knew that something was happening in me as I did that, a greater transformation. And what we see happen in the passage that follows her revelation of him being in the garden, of, which is her spirit, one in spirit with the Lord. He who is joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. And so she knows this, is that she is likened to Jerusalem. She is likened to an army with banners. She has so much victory that she is walking in. It's this beautiful picture that she has. And I like the end of um, the chapter uh, of um, 6. It says, What would you see in the Shumalite, as it were, the dance of the two camps? I'm going to mention two things from that. Shumalite is the female version of Solomon in the Hebrew language. There's such a oneness there with her. And there's a victory there. And that, that phrase that I, I read before means the victory of two, uh, sorry, the, the victory of two camps means, um, uh, uh, is mahan aim, a Hebrew word, I believe. And uh, she, in, in our circumstance, you know, in our incarnational life, we, we can um, experience the victory on the outside because we know there's a spiritual victory happening around us. This bilocational life that we have, we're in heaven, we're with him, we're with Christ, but on the outside, we can experience the victory as well. You know, when we uh, do that, again, just to um, share, describe Christ, start speaking about him. If you're dry spiritually, start speaking about Christ. If you're wondering where he is in your life situation, whatever situation it is, start declaring who Christ is. And you'll realize that he is the one who is the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, ascended Christ. He's been through everything. He's gone through the process of life. He's gone through the journey of life. And so we're exhorted in the New Testament in Hebrews to look away to Christ and realize um, who he is, that we're actually seated um, with him. So good. And so uh, I encourage you guys, go in, go in and then go out. And I want to lastly share this as the musicians come up. That as we live in the Spirit and as we practice the presence of Jesus in our lives, that we get to experience who He is, the riches of His glory, the grace upon grace in absolutely anything, our failures, our mistakes, our embarrassing situations, in our uncertainties. He can be found in any situation standing there. This love this song of songs, my friends, is epic. He will meet with you. But you have to say, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him in that place. And, and, and come out of that place of finding him in victory. Who is this? It says, it says in verse 10 of chapter 6. Who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners. What kind of love is this that transformed the Shumalite into a city 
into a spouse. What kind of love is this, my friends? How exceptional, how extravagant. I love the passages concluding Song of Solomon about this kind of love. It says in verse 5 of chapter 8, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? You know, a seasoned believer who's been dealt with by the cross, who realizes the power of the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, who's learned how to discern between their soul and spirit and live and stay in the spirit no matter what with Christ. Do you know they're broken, open for the world to see and the world looks in them and sees beauty. They see Christ. Christ gets manifest and expressed and this is the eternal purpose of God which we see in the First book of the Bible, we see a garden. We see friendship, relationship. We see a tree of life, river. We see a woman. I love it. Look at the last book of the Bible. We see the tree of life. We see a river. We see a woman. The new Jerusalem. Guys, He's transforming us. Nothing's wasted. We're getting transfigured. And if you participate with Him in life and love and enjoy the journey, Christ will be seen in your life. What kind of love is this that will meet you today, right now? What kind of love is this that will liberate you and let you live life and enjoy life again? Ha! This love, this love, It's this love. You don't have to worry what other people think of you. Read the book of the Song of Solomon. You are to me fair. You are to me like a lily, like a rose. You are to me hard, blameless, spotless. You are to me. The emphasis is on righteousness. This is the good news. Ha. So good. What kind of love is this? Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Have you learned to lean into Him? Have you laid your pride aside? Have you let everything go? Your ambitions, your inhibitions and say, I'm going to lean on you, Christ Jesus. I'm not going to lean on the church. I'm not going to lean on the brothers and sisters, my parents. I'm not going to lean on my money, my financial situation, that comfort. I'm not going to lean even on me. I'm going to lean on Christ and Christ alone. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. What kind of love is this? That Jesus, I want to be a seal on your heart. I want my worship to be a seal on your heart, on your arm. Because this is the place of passion and strength. Leaning isn't a weak thing. Leaning is the strongest thing. To cave to Jesus Christ is the strongest thing. For your love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most fervent flame. What kind of love is this? It's a jealous love. He's jealous for you today. He's jealous for your heart. He wants all 
of your heart. He wants everything. He wants you. He wants to be enjoyed in your pain and your suffering. He wants to be enjoyed in, in your brokenness, in your imperfections. He wants to be enjoyed in that place because He's jealous. And the eyes of Jesus Christ are like a flame, are like, sorry, are like flames of fire burning. This is the passion He has. Therefore, what should His people look like who are being transformed and conformed in His image? Would you stand up, Australian believers? Would you stand up, bride of Christ, this morning and look at Him? This jealous love pursuing you today, wooing you into intimacy that's so, so sweet. Demanding as the grave. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Come hell or high water, he is with you. Find him in your spirit today and you'll be able to go through anything. Because his love, his jealous love is more powerful than your grief and your loss and your sickness and your financial situation. Jesus, we worship you today. Praise the Lord. And everyone said, Amen.